you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn to the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Beginning in verse 2. And in James chapter 1 and verse 2, it reads like this. James writes, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. The King James Version says, wanting nothing. See, it doesn't mean that we are going to be perfect people. It doesn't mean that we're no longer going to make any mistakes. No, God knows that we're not perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. But God knows that he, or James knows, that God is going to give us every spiritual gift that we are going to need. Amen? God is going to give you everything you need. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God is going to give you everything you need. You know what? I want you to repeat this after me. Say it real loud, all right? I want you to say, God has everything under control. I want you guys to say it again. One more time. Do you believe that this morning? Do you honestly believe that? I sure, I sure hope that you do. Because let me tell you right now, there is, there is something that you may be going through that you may think is out of control, that you may think uh, uh, is, is something that is, that is unmanageable, that is an impossible situation, but God wants to let you know this morning that he has everything under control. Whoever that is this morning, I know you're out there. I know you're out there. God wants to tell you. He wants to let you know that he has everything under control. What's interesting here, what James writes, two other writers write very similar things. And I want to go over that. I entitled this message this morning, Opportunity for Great Joy. Opportunity for Great Joy. And I want to go over two other verses in the Bible written by two different writers that you will see have the exact same content. And the similarity in their writings and what they say, Paul writes this in Romans 5, in chapter 5, verses 3 and 5. He says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. James just talked about that. He says, and endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. 
Now we read James, we read Paul. Let's see what Peter has to say in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6. He says, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. And even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a little taken away, not a little, but a lot taken away of the similarity of these writers and what they say and what they agree upon. Because I'm sure, I'm sure some of them had some influence. I'm sure maybe, maybe James probably knew about Paul's writings. And so, and so he read Paul's writings and, 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 and was influenced by Paul, maybe. Maybe. But he also wrote the same thing, meaning that he believed it as well. Meaning that he understood in his life that all these trials and troubles and tribulations and temptations were exactly that, an opportunity for great joy. James probably said, you know what? That Paul knew what he was talking about. He was speaking the truth. At first I thought he was a crazy man. I thought, I thought he, was, he was mentally insane, spouting out things like, like trials and troubles are an opportunity for great joy. I thought he lost it. But actually, he was telling the truth. I want to look at these three things here on the screen, and you can look at them with me, the similarities. When, when faced with problems and trials, I want you to look at what each individual said, and look at the similarities there. See, I mentioned that there may be things that you may be going through in your life. And you may think that things are unmanageable or out of control. But let me tell you this morning, God uses everything. Amen? We know this about God. Nothing goes to waste. Nothing goes to waste. Everything that takes place in your life is for a reason. It's for a reason. And every situation is, in fact, an opportunity for great joy. Do we see it at the time like an opportunity for great joy? No, we don't. Maybe, maybe some of you do, and you see right through it, amen, because, because, God has, because God has given you the spiritual eyes to see what, ex, what exactly is taking place. But there's many times in our lives where we don't see it as opportunities for great joy. We see it as an opportunity to complain, don't we? See what I'm telling you right now, God is going to turn our mess, amen? Whatever mess you find in, he's going to turn those things into messages. God is going to do that, just as he has done this morning. The first point I want to bring out is the testing of our faith. The testing of our faith. James talks about it.
Peter writes about it as well. In the King James Version, Paul refers to these as tribulations. James refers to them as diverse temptations. But you know what tribulations and temptations both have in common? Is that they try our faith, don't they? They try our faith. They test us to see where you are at. To see how stable you are in Christ. To, to reveal the foundation that you are standing upon. That you have built your life upon. See, they will show whether he or she who is tried will hold fast or cling to their faith in God or will they abandon? James mentions diverse temptations that could encompass various kinds of trials. Sickness, poverty, bereavement, persecution. These things hit us all. This past Thursday, this past Thursday I woke up to start my car to find out that someone had stole my catalytic converter. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure many in here have, have had the same situation take place. And what's, what's crazy about it is that I had just preached that night before, right? I just preached here on Wednesday, Wednesday evening. And that same night, this takes place. And so you know that was a test, right? You know it was a test. And I thought about it, right, when, when I started my car and I knew, you know, that, 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 that lawnmower sound, you know, someone, someone cut off my catalytic converter. And I remembered, I remembered sitting in my car and starting it thinking, all right, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? See, because I know my normal reaction, <laughs> like maybe many of us, would be to get angry, right? Oh, come on, really? Oh, why? I don't need this right now. I need to, I got to get to work and, 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 you know, now I have to get this fixed. I don't have the money to get this fixed. Come on. Why is this happening? You see, I know my normal reaction to situations like this. And you would never know my reaction, right? If I were to get mad and lose it and start saying things that, that, were, that were, you know, unbiblical. <laughs> I don't say those things. Don't worry. But you would never know. My wife and my kids would know. The neighbors might know. But did I think to myself at that moment that this is an opportunity for great joy? No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. No, I didn't. <laughs> I thought this is an opportunity for something else. <laughs> 
See, but what I did was not get angry. This was the difference. This was the difference here. Let me tell you, because I know how I would normally react. You see, what I remembered was what had took place at the service the night before. And not the message that I had gave. I didn't even, you know, I, th- that, that really didn't cross my mind too much because I had spoke a message uh, uh, entitled, Pray Like You Mean It. <laughs> what a perfect, you know, perfect uh, uh, setting, right? Great opportunity. Pray like you mean it. But it wasn't the message that came to my mind. It was what had took place in the prayer room right before that service. Because when I was praying in the prayer room before service, someone had came to me and shook my hand, and they had gave me a blessing. And I was like, okay. Didn't know, didn't know you know, what, what, to, what, what to think or, you know, what, what to expect. And I remember thinking about that. And what came to mind, what came to mind when I was at my house was, wow, God knew what I was going to need before it even took place. You see, and this is who God is. This is who he is. You see, God will do things in preparation for you to meet what you are going to face in the near future. He knows what's going to take place in your life. He knows what you're going through right now. He knew you were going to go through it before you even went through it. God knew. You see, but God is preparing you every step of the way. You have to believe this. He's preparing you. Some of you, he's preparing you this morning with this message. Because something something may come your way. But God is preparing you to know what to do, and to know how to handle it, and how to handle it differently. See, what's amazing is that when I begin to think about that, when I begin to think about, wow, God, you knew what was going to happen, and, and you prepared me in advance, it gave me peace. I had God's peace in the situation. Wow, what? Like, you, you know how much catalytic converters cost? But I had peace in the situation. Because I knew that God had everything under control. That's an amazing thing, church. For me, that's amazing. (laughs) You may think, well, you're a pastor. You know, you can get over things really fast. Are you kidding me? Hopefully no one thinks that. (laughs) Because you're dead wrong. (laughs) There's things that I have to choose to do just like you and I, or just like you. I have to choose to, be, to remain calm. I have to choose to shut my mouth when I want to say something. I have to choose to do these things. No one forces me. I'm not no robot. I make my own decisions, and so do you. We're in the same boat. You see, God gives us moments like these all the time. But we need to write them down in our hearts. Amen? As the Bible says, Luke wrote about Mary, the mother of Jesus, and all the things that she experienced 
from the initial visitation from the angel saying that she was going to give birth uh, uh, to a son. And it was going to be a glorious birth to the king of kings and how she would raise Jesus as a young boy. Luke says that Mary tucked all these things in her heart. What does that mean? Is that they were things that she would never, ever forget. Things that took place in her life. Situations that took place. Miracle after miracle she tucked in her heart. And she tucked in her heart that she would never, ever forget. Why? Because they were faith builders. Those, those situations are faith builders for you and I. When God shows you, look, see, I was taking care of you. Look, you see, I was, I was making a way, I was making a way of escape, or I was providing you in your time, providing for you in your time of need. He says, look, you need to hold these things and tuck them in your heart because at the right time, uh, you, need to, you need to come back to those things and say, hey, look, God did this for me on such and such date. Surely he can do it again. We can't forget what God has done for us, church. See, there's, there's, there's things in our lives that, that we need to forget, right? That we choose to remember. But then things that we need to remember, we choose to forget. <laughs> it's interesting. The testing of our faith that's going to happen to each and every one of us. Secondly, that the writers talk about is the testing of our endurance. The testing of our endurance. See, we must understand that the real purpose, or must understand the real purposes of life's circumstances. You see, the purpose of troubles and trials within our lives, it wasn't meant to rob you of your joy. That wasn't... That wasn't, that's not, that's not God's motives. You see, God doesn't, God doesn't bring on these things upon our, our lives, but he allows things to take place. But he says that he always, he promises to be with us, right? He promises to be with us. He promises to strengthen us. He promises to give us, you know, in times of temptation, a way of escape. Isn't that what his word says? He always does this. He always does this. So God doesn't bring these upon us, but he allows things to happen. Why? Because they're testings. We need to go through tests in our lives in order for us to be strengthened or to gain more knowledge. Isn't that correct? And so it wasn't meant to rob you of your joy, but to grow us in our trust in the Lord and the knowledge of his faithfulness. See, we need to beware of the murmuring, beware of the complaining, beware of the rebellion. See, when faced with, with problems and trials in, in your life, uh, do you do what's easy? See, because what was easy for me would have been to get mad. What would have been easy for me would have been to complain. And to have my, and to have my day completely ruined. 
and to say, you know what, man, I'm done with this, you know, not, not like with Christianity, you know, but I'm just done, like, I, I, can't, I, I can't deal with this right now. And many times we need, you know, many times we do need to just, you know, let the steam blow off, right, and just walk away from situations if need be. But not to give up. Not to say, you know what, this is, this is enough. I'm done. In those situations, do we let our anger get the best of us, which leads to bitterness? Do we start complaining, which leads to depression? Do we start blaming God, which leads to disbelief or unbelief? What do we do in those situations? Or will you choose to trust in the Lord by giving these things to him? Give them to God this morning. Turn to your neighbor and tell him whatever it is. Give it to God. Hebrews 12, 1 says, And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this, check this out what Paul says. He says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. By keeping our eyes on Jesus. You see, Paul gives us the remedy to, to endure. Amen? He says, he says, we must endure, and this is how we do it. By keeping our eyes on Jesus. What does that mean? That means stop focusing on the problem. Stop giving so much attention to it. Stop talking about it. And start talking to God about it. He says, Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. God is perfecting our faith, amen? It's a daily work. It's a daily work, and, and believe me, uh, uh, it is necessary, amen? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, keep your eyes on Jesus. Lastly here is the testing of our character. The dictionary defines character as the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. In other words, it can be described as someone's personality or temperament. So what that means is that character is something that is learned and built. It's something you learn it's something that, that you work on. Some people may say, well, you know what? I'm just an angry person. <laughs> no, it's something that you've learned over the years and that you've developed very well. <laughs> you've mastered that one. <laughs> See, but when you have a relationship with Christ... He begins that transformation in our lives. He begins to do that good work. To change our normal reaction to life's circumstances. He does this. Well, he attempts to do that anyways, right? In our lives. 
Many times we say or think, I can't change. That's just how I am. That's the way God created me. <laughs> we know that's not the truth. We choose to act certain ways. We choose to take on certain personas and, and, and ways of, of uh, dealing with certain situations. We've learned it. We've learned it over the years. See, I speak this from experience. In the situation that I had went through, my normal reaction wouldn't be to stay calm. So if I went off my normal reaction and, and, I, and I thought, well, this, you know, I'm going to react in the way God made me to react, then I would have, then I would have, uh, uh, you know, just been a mess. I would have been a mess. So I know that being quick to anger in the past is not how God created me. That's not how he made me to be. See, I may, I may have passed this last test, glory to God, all glory to God, but there's many tests that I have failed. There's many tests that I failed. That I could look at and I can say, man, I handled that one improperly. I didn't use wisdom in that situation. I said something that I shouldn't have said. I thought some things that I shouldn't have been thinking. There's many situations of testings that I myself have failed over the years. But the great news is that God has been so faithful to forgive. He's faithful. He's faithful time and time again. He's so gracious with us, isn't he? He gives us opportunity after opportunity to make things right, to right our wrongs. God wants to build our character according to his. We just studied about his character earlier this year, talking about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? These are all the characteristics of God. This is what God seeks to build in you and I. And I guarantee not one person in here has mastered all those things. We all need help. Amen? Turn to your name and tell him, you need help. See, even though we may not have those things mastered, today is a great day to start building these up in our lives. It's a great day for you and I. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, this is my opportunity for great joy. Turn to your other neighbor and tell them, this is my opportunity for great joy. And let's give God praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, you are worthy to be praised, Lord. You will receive the praise, Lord. You will receive the glory, Lord. You will, you will turn our mess into a message, Father, so that we can share with one another, so that we can build each other up, Lord. We are not in this alone, Father. 
We have the body, Lord. We are part of a body, Lord God. Help us to pray for each other, Lord. Help us to lift each other up, Father. Help us, Lord God, to encourage one another, Lord God, for we are not the only ones going through what we're going through, Father, but there are many others going through the same situations in our lives, Father. But help us, Lord God. Help us to trust in you, Father. Help us to keep our eyes on you, Lord, in those situations, Father. And we may not see them immediately as opportunities for great joy, but we know that you are doing that great and wonderful work in those situations and in our lives. As every head is bowed, every eye closed this morning.